Welcome to Modern Animism Radio. I'm your host, Laura Giles. Thanks for tuning in. You may hear me often talk about animism as a holistic spiritual path, and today I want to talk about what that means exactly. I get a lot of questions and comments, and it seems like that's not really clear. This is important because people are flocking to spiritual um, healing modalities and practices for help with things like depression, disease, addiction, and other issues. And pharmaceuticals don't help, you know. But spirituality, if it's holistic, really won't either. Um, And animism is holistic. So in my opinion, this path does. But before we get into that, let's give gratitude to the ancestors and elements. I acknowledge and thank the element of earth for our bodies, our home, food, beauty, and all the physical aspects of life that give us a human experience. I thank you for keeping us firmly grounded and giving us stability to move forward. Acknowledge and thank the element of air for giving us the ability to discern. Mercury's in retrograde, and it's a time to regroup and review, so we need this air right now to help us see what is time to let go of and to communicate our desires in a well-thought-out, careful way. Acknowledge and thank the element of fire for our passion, desire, power, and ability to manifest things responsibly. Acknowledge the element of water for the flexibility that allows us to dive deep and come back up. It's not easy being emotional or deep, so thank you for reminding us to take it easy. Acknowledge and thank our loving, helping ancestors from the human, plant, animal, and mineral kingdoms. I thank all of you for the help that we receive that is both seen and unseen. I thank all of you for listening today. If we give you something of value, we ask that you reciprocate that with a donation. And when you donate through buymeacoffee.com forward slash pan society, you're going to get on the newsletter, which gives you uh, about once a month um, information about what's going on behind the scenes that you're going to get first. And, of course, you can opt out of that if you like. You can also donate from our website at pansociety.net. So holistic spirituality, what am I talking about? It's really this idea that there's no separation between what is sacred and what's not. So prior to um, Christianity, sure, uh, and and so all the big three: Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. I think all, or maybe most, spirituality was holistic. There was no separation between God, the divine, and everyday life. Um, so animism really is a, is, is I'll say a return to because it's always been here. Continuation. The, of the idea that there's no separation between what is sacred and what's not. It's all sacred. And everything we do in animism is wrapped in our spiritual beliefs and becomes our spiritual practice. So everything is related. So how we make money is spiritual. And if I believe in sovereignty, connection, and oneness, that my, the way that I make money is going to reflect um, the things that I'm willing to do for that money and what I'm going to do with that money. And, you know, if I have a business, my business practices, is this sacred? Is this good? Is this healthy for myself, for the community, for the um, ecology? All of that factors in. The way that I do romantic love, courtship, marriage, children, child rearing, caring for the elders. So all these things related to family and people, our community, is going to have this baked in. So it's going to, uh, everything I do is going to be informed by this, Knowledge within me of sovereignty, connection, and oneness. And even the way that you think. So um, I'm in a class right now with a lot of people that I probably would have never cross paths with otherwise. 
And we all are from all over the world, and we think really differently. And when we're participating in our group activities, you can see the disparities in the way that we think because your worldview comes from your environment and your spiritual practices. So you see animism in all of everything that I do. And I I am probably the least uh, confrontational, least uh, divided, um, least blaming, judgy person in there because with sovereignty, you take responsibility for yourself, right? So if I'm taking responsibility for myself, how much blame is there to go around? Not a whole lot. Even when I said, so one of my pet peeves, personally, I really hate being bored. And I'm sure lots of you can relate to that because who wants to be bored, right? Well, when I was growing up, you know, kids come up and they go, oh, mommy, I'm bored. Daddy, I'm bored. Like it's your mom or your dad's responsibility to entertain you. And my dad would always say that if you're bored, it's because you don't have enough imagination. So go fire up that imagination and find you something to do. If I find you something to do, it's going to be something like cleaning. So you got a choice, right? <laughs> um, so even my boredom is, is my responsibility. I, I have a choice of being bored. I don't have to be bored. I can do something about it. And I um, have a person. Let me just call it a person because I I don't want to call anybody out and I don't want this person to be identified. But there's a person in my life who I find bored. And she's lonely, so I like to give her some time so she connects with somebody uh, because she lives alone. And she doesn't ever clue in that she's talking too much, too long about nothing that's interesting. So she watches soap operas all day or game shows or whatever's on TV all day long. And that's what she talks about, where she talks about other people. Not in a gossipy way, because she's not mean-hearted, but just like what other people are doing. Oh, I saw so-and-so, and they're doing this, and they're doing that, that kind of thing. So I find that really, really boring. <laughs> and so I was sitting there thinking about uh, what my dad said. You know, you need to be more creative, find a way of looking at this. So I have two choices with this. I could either meet her where she is and maintain that connection and relationship, or I can wait until she meets me, which is not going to happen. She, you know, how many times have I checked out five minutes into the conversation? She doesn't notice. So if I don't want to be bored, then I need to find a way to become curious and engaged with what she's talking about. So that's kind of what I mean. It's all relational. It's all responsible. And that's that's how I think. Um, other people would say, well, if I'm bored, then it's your fault. Entertain <laughs> me. Or if I'm bored, then I need to go bungee jumping or do something really exciting. My bar is not that high. I just need to be interested. I need to be curious. And that's totally within my control. So that's an example of how I think as an animist. Other things could be like emotions. So we're all emotional creatures. And and if you're feeling your feelings, then you're allowing nature to be as it is. And there's so many of us who just don't feel our feelings. We have so many coping strategies that me and my work have to undo as a therapist because they're not effective. So stuffing your feelings isn't really a good thing to do. You know, um, nature's the teacher. Nature doesn't really withhold. It just, it is what it is. And that's kind of how we need to do our feelings too. Not to say that it's always appropriate to have a meltdown. You know, crying at work is probably not the most professional thing. But when I get home from work, then I can feel my feelings. So there's there's this uh, taking responsibility for your feelings. 
that's part of, I won't say spiritual mastery, I'm going to say human mastery, because really that's what it's all about for me in animism. It's, it's how to human, and spirituality is part of that. And in animism, that sovereignty, connection, oneness path is the foundation for how to do everything. So our bodies are part of that too, mind, body, spirit, you know. And we are naturally sensual creatures. We have uh, sight, sound, taste, touch, smell. And just engaging in all of those things uh, helps us to be more here. It helps us to be more human. Um, some people are um, have addiction problems with overeating. So you might say that's a taste thing. It's a comfort thing for sure. And we just eat, 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 eat because we're not tuning into our senses and our emotions. So our emotions, most of the people, I would say, that do that have an emotional component to the eating. If you're not feeling your feelings, you got to get that, that endorphin rush some other kind of way. So you might eat your feelings. And if you're not in your body, then your body might tell you, you might not hear the cues of your body saying enough, or your body may not even be saying enough. So even something that's like overeating or the way you treat your body, to me, is spiritual. And it shows up. So this is, this is my house. This is where I live, my body. And if I'm not taking care of it, then I'm not going to have a really good place to live. And that's why so many of us end up in a state of dis-ease because we're not taking care of our bodies. We're just abusing it, stuffing all kinds of stuff in here that doesn't belong here. We're not getting exercise. We're not getting movement. We're not paying attention to our pain. We're just not living very holistically. So there's all different types of ways to practice animism. And some of them, so you have the reconstructionist animist styles that seek to revive the ways of the ancestors. So um, I won't say all Druids are this way, but Druidry is definitely one path. Heathenism is uh in some cases, the reconstruction is past, so things like that. Um, there are also neo-animist paths that evolve in an all-new all way to live it for modern times, which may or may not be based on um, anthropology, science, that kind of stuff. There's a lot of kind of magical components to the neo-animist things um, they're involved in. So, so terms like rewilding and um, uh, what is the other one about imagination or something like that. They're kind of more magical. Um, re, re, re I can't remember. But it, they kind of, for me, they feel like they have a more magical uh, approach to it, and um, which I like. I think that, you know, we live in a time of symbols. Well, we always live in a time of symbols. And, and metaphor and stories and, and all these magical things inspire us and help us to remember the non-scientific, non-physical side of life, which I think is important because it, that certainly exists. Um, and, and it has a bad focus. So anyway, there's also indigenous practices, which is our uh, continuations of ways of life. So Native Americans, Australian Aboriginals, the Ainu, the um, Inuit, there's all kinds of indigenous people all over the globe who are still doing what they've always done. And then there's us. So we're pan society, and like I said, the, our path is sovereignty, connection, and oneness. Sovereignty is you doing you, you taking responsibility for you, you you shining your light, all of that. Love yourself, know yourself, be yourself. Connection is doing that with the awareness of other people. So if I were just 
sovereign, if that was the only thing, then it would be a very selfish path. And that's not what it's about. Everything is interconnected. You see that. Everything has a purpose. Some things are decomposers. Some things are food. Well, a lot, most things are food in one way or another. Um, everything just, just feeds other things. The sun gives us all warmth. You know, the water helps things to live, and that water gets cycled around in the water cycle, if you know anything about that from science. So everything helps. That's the connection piece. And so we need to do that, too. If we're not helping, if we're just sucking up resources and we're not giving anything back, we're not practicing reciprocity, probably not the best way to live. It's not sustainable. Nature is sustainable. If we're not natural, then we probably won't last very long. So oneness is the um, result of that. So sovereignty is masculine, connection is feminine, which brings us the yin-yang, that space of wholeness. Wholeness is, of course, oneness, and no separation. So to me, it's very simple. It's really beautiful. And our path leaves a lot of space for personal interpretation and expression. There's no dogma. So I, I have a client who wants to be good. She wants to be correct, and she lives with a lot of dogma. It's these are the rules. You can't say this. You have to do that. And it's really problematic for her. She's just, you know, you come up against one rule and it's like, well, who's responsible for this? Well, this rule says you are and this rule says they are. And and how is that going to be achieved? So there's all these rules and they're so rigid and they're so, it just doesn't make sense. So I think Rules are good. Don't get me wrong. I like boundaries. I like outlines. I like delineations between what is and what isn't. But if they're dogmatic, they're probably going to fall apart at some point because you're not in power and you have to be in power. Things change. That's the nature of life. So when they change, you need to be able to change with them. So that's why we don't have rules. Um, and, And that's why we have personal responsibility. So it's up to you to know who you are. It's up to you to be plugged in. It's a lot of responsibility. And if you haven't lived that way, it's probably really scary. But everyone can do it. So lots of people have done this for thousands and thousands of years. It's not, you know, anything that anybody can't learn. Uh, It's really just about doing what you do in a way that honors yourself and stays connected to others. Like I said, the union of yin and yang. And when you bring this way of thinking, being, and relating to your life, in my opinion, you create a holistic spiritual practice that removes a lot of the challenges that we have today in modern life. So, for example, loneliness. Done. It's in connection, right? <laughs> if you're connected, you can't be lonely. That's, that's what loneliness is by definition. Um, loneliness is not about not having people around because I'm sure you've probably experienced that that can be the loneliest place. And there's all these people, definitely all these people who are supposed to love you and you don't feel connected to any of them. So if that's you, what I would do, I had this conversation just this morning, is go out in nature, because nature doesn't judge, nature doesn't reject, find something beautiful, be the sunrise, a little flower poking out of the ground all by its lonesome, something something that's pleasing, and just be with it, and open your heart to it, feel the delight of it being there, send gratitude to it. And just begin to relate to nature in that way because it could be a dog or a cat. Um, it doesn't have to be plants or the sun or the moon, although the moon and stars are my favorite. How do you walk by that without just filling with gratitude and be like, oh, I can't believe how beautiful you are. Thank you for being here. Um, 
if you do that and so that your heart opens and you feel a part of it, that'll take care of loneliness right there. And then you can build out from that to, to if you start with mammals, then, then, okay, you're already there. But if you start with plants, I would go from plants to mammals to people, to probably little people if you have children in your life, and then big people, because big people are the scariest, right? Yeah. So I've never been lonely a day in my life, and I thought that was a weird thing. I'm like, hmm, can I, um, am I devoid of feelings? Do I have a feeling block? <laughs> What's going on here? And I think, I, I mean, the jury's still out. I'm still alive. Things could change. But I really think it's because I grew up as an animist, and I just felt really deeply plugged into the world around me and my ancestors, and I have a big family too, but it's it's really more than that. So huge payoff. I mean, if that's the only reason why you decide to check out animism, I think it would certainly be worth it to, you know, never have a lonely day in your life. Yeah, give me that. Um, another thing that I think that it would take care of is mental illness, because a lot of mental illness comes from loneliness, right? <laughs> um, it comes from not feeling worthy and not um, – belonging. And those things, if you have an animus practice where you have rites of passage, you're always going to know who you are and where you are. And that's going to give you a really strong foundation. It's going to connect you to your family, your ancestors, your body, your community, your tribe, all of these things. Strong foundation. And then if you are, so another part of sovereignty is self-supporting. You're going to have the pride that comes in knowing that you can take care of yourself. I have a lot of clients who cannot take care of themselves. They can't regulate their emotions. They don't make enough money. They don't have enough job skills. And even if they're super overqualified, have all this education, can't keep a job. So there's a whole lot of things that people are not getting in this modern lifestyle. Even if you have all these advantages, you have all the food, you have shelter, you have the support of your family, and you can't self-support. And you're doing a lot of self-care because things are just too hard. That's uh, taken care of with animism, I think. Uh, healthcare is related. So if you're not taking care of yourself, then your body's probably not the healthiest, right? If you're not listening to your, your body, you're not giving it good food, you're not giving it exercise, you're not taking care of yourself. Because your body, everything is giving you feedback. Every single thing in your world is giving you feedback. If you're paying attention to your body, you're getting feedback. You're saying, oh, this hurts. Let me look at that. Oh, I probably shouldn't eat this because this doesn't feel good. Oh, I'm hungover. Probably shouldn't drink that. All of these cues, that will help you take better care of your body. And not only that, but if you're, if you're connected to your people and you don't have loneliness because you have people in your life, guess what? That helps with your um, mental health and physical health, too. It makes you feel better to be connected. And we have a food crisis in uh, the West, lots of toxic uh, pesticides, herbicides uh, in our food, antibiotics, drugs in the meat, and so forth, and, and in the fish and stuff that sea is contaminated. Anything, any seafood is contaminated. Better believe it, especially since Fukushima. And we're just eating all of that. So what does animism do? It gives you an appreciation for other life, so plant life. So for for a lot of people, that means that I have a practice of rearing my own food or supporting local farmers, and I know where my food comes from. It's it's if not organically grown, then um, sustainably grown. It's local. It's in season. 
it's healthier than factory farming where my food was uh, cultivated 3,000 miles away, shipped in, sprayed, you know, and looks real pretty, but doesn't have any nutritional value. So it talks about, so one of the things that I do is condition my soil. There's mushroom spores in there. So all the mycelia supports all the animal life, brings in worms. It, it makes soil because a lot of what happens is erosion. And if you don't have soil, you can't grow anything because you need to have nutrients and all the other kind of, uh, I don't know what you call those little things, but it's it's full of life. And and I do that because I care about dirt. <laughs> I care about plants. Um, so I make dirt. <laughs> That's my contribution to the food crisis. Um, it's not food that I eat, but it's food for all the other animals and plants and fungi that are on my property. Another thing that it, it will do is bring you an awareness of, of the environment. So we have an environmental destruction problem, wouldn't you say? So I just talked about agri or runoff, agricultural runoff, um, um, just destruction to build uh, buildings, construction stuff. Um, destruction for housing, destruction for fossil fuels, all kinds of things. There's ways of doing things that are less damaging um, than others. And when we have a society where that happens, it's because we allow it. And if you are more environmentally aware, then that becomes a thing that your society doesn't even consider. Like Hawaii is one of these places where they take all these things into account and there are ideas that don't even get off the ground because they're just like, no, this is sacred ground. You can't do that here. We're not doing that. And so it doesn't even become a thing where you have to pick it and, you know, revolt and on all of this stuff because it just isn't considered. Why can't we be there? If so if you decide to make that part of your animus practice and it just becomes a part of the human awareness, we will be. Um, another way that this shows up for me is in community cohesion. So I was telling you about, well, I didn't say it was my neighbor, but it was my neighbor, the one that's boring. <laughs> um, I don't have to talk to her. I'm not related to her. I don't owe her anything. But I talk to her because she's my neighbor. That's what I mean by community cohesion. Um, when the COVID first started, you saw all these stories about people who were shopping for people who were elderly or housebound for some, way, for some reason that crisis brings people together and it makes you aware of your uh, space in a community. We can have that all the time. You can always look out for your neighbor. When we were little kids, my, I had an old lady on the right, old lady on the left. And when it would snow, we would shovel their sidewalk. And sometimes they would give us money for it, but they, they didn't have to because we were just considerate. That's what neighbors do is you take care of each other. If everybody took care of their neighbor, everybody would take, be taken care of. And it's kind of like stone soup. So I might not have everything, but I have something. And if you have something, and the next one has something, and the next one has something, together we have stone soup. Everybody eats. So that's what community cohesion can do. It's like we're in this life together. We're in this community together. We're on this planet together. We're, all of this is, is it's us. And it's up to us to make it to to create it, to maintain it, to make it what it's going to be. So if I bring my animus beliefs to the table and they're about me and you, I'm going to be adding something good. So if you come to the table and eat and leave, you're going to be taking something away. 
And so we can't build like that. It, it requires all of us to give and take. Um, the destruction of families is another part of this, another thing that we could get rid of through the, the, the animus. Well, I won't say get rid of, but certainly improve upon through an animus way of life. So I know everybody can't do this. I'm, I'm just throwing this idea out. Um, but I grew up in a family, an intact family. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. I think that's hugely important because there have been studies that show in elephant communities, due to poaching, when the family is um, destroyed, basically. So baby is, is weaned early because either baby is taken or mama is taken. Mama's taken out so baby doesn't have somebody to watch over it, and maybe it's fostered or maybe I don't know how they grow up. Then stuff starts happening. So you get the moms don't care for the babies, so you get abuse. You get rape, you get all kinds of things, you get a loss of the tribe when baby and mom do not get to grow up together and mom is not taken care of by dad so that, well, I don't know that elephants need a dad to take care of, but humans do. If your mom's at home taking care of you, then she's not making money unless she's doing it virtually, which is now an issue or an option for a lot more people. So... That's how it was in my house. My mom was at home with us. My dad went to work. Now, obviously, if we're going to do that, that might mean downsizing your lifestyle. But the USA has one of the most prosperous lifestyles. We have so, so much stuff and so, so little happiness. Would you trade your stuff for happiness? If it meant that you only had one car but a happy family, would you take that? We only had one car. And our house was minuscule by today's standards. So would I trade that? I did trade that. So when my daughter was little, I stayed home. And, well, I stayed home with her the whole time. But um, because it was much more important than having stuff, I wanted her to have a family at home. So not saying that you have to do it that way, just telling you how it works when what makes a family strong and what doesn't. And it's babies need to be breastfed. It's not just about the nutrients that come from breast milk. It's about the touch, the skin-on-skin touch, the cuddling, the cooing, the eye contact. I could go on, I could do the whole podcast just on that, about how healthy that mom-baby connection is, how your baby's going to be healthier, more emotionally secure. Every single day, I see clients that have emotional attachment issues. Either they they don't trust, they're anxious, or they... um, they just can't can't do it because they didn't have that consistent mom. If you're working all day and you come home and you got to cook and clean and take care of the baby, guess what? You're going to be tired and your baby is not going to get the attention that it needs. Nothing's going to get the attention that it needs. It's a really, really tough lifestyle. If you're a single parent and you have to do it, you have to do it. I'm not passing any judgments on that. I'm just saying that it's not ideal. And we have so many problems in society right now that it's not just about, oh, let me get this chakra balancing thing done. Let me just get some Reiki. Let me just, it's a whole lifestyle that has to change. If we want to have a healthy future, if we want to have healthy ancestors, if we want to be healthy people, we need to turn change this whole paradigm, y'all. 
Something's got to change. You can't do it all. You can't be like, okay, I'm going to stay home with my kids. I'm going to get some goats and some chickens, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to have some uh, uh, vegetable. It's too much. <laughs> but if you can make one change or even two changes, it'll make a difference. Um, with the disruption of families comes criminality. So I worked in a prison. And I know people like to say that um, criminals are bad people. They really weren't bad people. They did some bad things. But I, I don't know anybody in, in prison who didn't have a, um, a who, who had an intact family, not one. I don't know anybody who grew up with loving parents. So now, well, let me take that back. So you might love your kids, but it, you got to be healthy parents too because there's a lot of people now who have helicopter parents. Um, they don't let them do anything. You can't pick out your own clothes. You can't, you can't, they just do everything for them. I, I just want you to avoid the life and hardship that I had, so I'm going to do this for you. People need struggle. That's how you learn self-confidence. That's how you learn how to problem solve. And kids, not even kids, adults these days, didn't have enough struggle. And that leads to criminality, too. So that's, I'm not saying that will make your kids a criminal, but you see that in there, too, because I don't have any frustration tolerance. I don't know how to do anything. I'm not useful. I'm not, and I'm not worthy. So we need to struggle. We need to do stuff, do some hard stuff. Um, you can see there's all kinds of things that could change based on having a holistic, I'll call it life, not just spirituality, because spirituality is part of it, a holistic life. A connected life, a life where something matters. Does it matter if you plant your garden? Who's going to eat it? You know, you need people, people to share this stuff with. Does it matter if you clean your house? Who's going to enjoy it? Well, you are. And your things are going to be well cared for. Your things are, are they matter too. Love your things. Use your things. That's how you show that you love them. You take care of them and you use them for the purpose that they were designed to be used. So um, I would love to know how you are making your spiritual practice. There I go again. It's hard to, to change your language when you live in a culture where they see things as separate. Like, what is the word for this thing, right? So when you <laughs> – it's not a spiritual practice. It's a lifestyle. So when you um, – are practicing your animist lifestyle, I'd love to know how you incorporate these things. Well, how do you see – making money or relationships or how does it impact your thinking, your emotions, your body? Do you see a difference in uh, loneliness and mental health and physical health, uh, what you eat? I'm sure you do. It's got to show up, right? It's got to because it's in your heart and what flows from your heart flows out, right? So um, let me know. Curious. And I'd like to close by sending gratitude to you the elements, our loving, helping ancestors. And if you found this helpful, please consider donating because we do need your financial and emotional support. You can donate at our website at pansociety.net. Just scroll down to the bottom of the page. Our um, online class is scheduled to make a soft opening after Mercury goes direct and then a grand opening at the spring equinox. So look for that. That is coming soon. We have a lot of people who are kind of stimulated by these ideas, but just like, I need more. I need some help putting this into practice. I'm not quite sure. It's such a foreign thing. So uh, the the new class is going to be, it's really different, and it's more comprehensive. So 
what we were realizing is that there were a lot of ideas that we were talking about, and it was like, let's say that it's level five, and we just kind of took for granted that you had one through four, and maybe you don't. So we're going to be building in that one through four. Two, it's really to help you to make your life more holistic. Um, Because if you don't have this foundation, if you didn't grow up with a mom at home, if you do have emotional regulation issues, if you do have just, I don't know, all kinds of issues and you just, I don't know how to do this. There's a lot of people who just don't know how to live life because they didn't have to make choices. So all of that's going to be in there too. It's just to give you some guidance, not to say like, do it like this, do it like this. That's that's not us at all. It's going to be, you know, here's what, it, part of it's going to be, here's what nature is doing, here's how what you can take away from it, and here's how you can bring it in your life. It's really to help you to have an experience of things so that you can decide for yourself who you are and how you fit into things. It's also to give you skills. Like the, that's that level one through four that I'm making up. Uh, I don't know that it's one through four, but that that foundational stuff, the skills, so that you can have healthy relationships, so that you can have good mental health, and then build on top. So if you think of it as a pyramid, all those foundational things form your baseline. If you're getting help with something at the top. That's what we call the spirituality piece. So, you know, I have this mental health problem. Say I have depression and I want a spiritual approach. So I'm I'm reaching it from the top. My foundation, if that's still not strong, then no matter how good that intervention is at the top, I'm going to fall down because I still got to go to work. I still got to take care of my body. Still got to take care of my house. Still got to, you know, find myself some food, right? So we're going to build it from the bottom up. If you do Qigong, it's from the bottom up. You don't start from the top. We make sure you have a strong foundation. So that's what the class is about. Hope to see you over there. I'll let you know um, when it's when it when it opens up. But if you want to, there's a lot of people already signing up now, which you can do, and then everybody's just going to be transferred over. So that way you don't have to wait for the announcement of when it when it's opening. So thanks again for being here. I am so appreciative of you tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye.